Hello, and welcome to Bringing Education Home. I'm Herb. And I'm Christina. And together, we're bringing you ideas about education, entrepreneurship, and relationships that are both inside and outside the box. If you like the show, be sure to follow Christina on Facebook. And please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform or give us some of those stars. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing Therese Tess Connolly. Tess is a parent coach, a clinical social worker, and a psychotherapist who has worked in the mental health field for over two decades. She is the owner of Mindful Kids and Families, a parent and family coaching practice focused on supporting parents to have the best connected relationships with their kids. Tess is the podcast host of the Parenting Reset Show podcast, all about raising teens and tweens, and every month does her Tech Reset Masterclass to help parents with mindset shifts and strategies for dealing with the ever-present screen time and device problems. Tessa's guide and coach parenting approach comes from the premise that we are all raising adults and we need to shift our parenting according to a child's development developmental place. Her coaching is a blend of intentional and conscious parenting steeped in the foundations of her mindfulness background and her experiences as a clinical social worker. Tess follows her unique reset path when working with parents and believes the best parenting skill is right inside each of us. That is a beautiful bio. It goes along <laughs> a lot with our tenants. So Tess, yeah. welcome. And tell us a little bit about yourself that's not quite in the bio yet. What's okay. going on? Okay, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's so nice to meet both of you. And nice to meet you again, Christina. Mm -hmm. So yes, you got you got most of that. Um, let's see, what's not in the bio? I am a sing I'm a single mom. I live in Northern California and I've got a 14 year old. So I have a budding almost uh, high schooler in a couple of weeks. Uh, I've got a dog named Red. I'm originally from the East Coast from New England. So that means I am prone to being very direct. And I will sometimes talk fast and talk a little too much. But I will try not to do that too much on this podcast. But it's so nice to be here. And I'm excited to talk about all of that this. That is reason. awesome. Because you know, sometimes those parents, they need the direct. And the kids yes. need the direct. It's like sometimes it's like, yeah. you know what? You're saying things that are kind of going off this way. Let's bring it back and get focused and get going. And as a teacher for 27 years in my classroom, we did a lot of that. It's like, okay, guys, we're wandering down this path. Let's bring yes. what we need to teach today. Absolutely. So, speaking of classroom and everything, technology was huge. And that is yep. something that you're going to help us talk about and learn a little bit more today. But I wanted to start with a question about is there good technology and not so good technology? Because a lot of parents are hearing right now, oh, technology is bad. Take it out of your kid's hands, da, 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 da. But I think I just want to start there. Mm -hmm. What is kind of the good stuff and what is kind of yeah. the not so good stuff? Is technology in general bad for kids or can it be beneficial? Where can it be beneficial? How? Okay. It can, I will tell you that there's no black or white answer, right? Just like with anything in, in life and especially with relationships, for sure. I know parents, I know, and I get this because I'm also a parent right in the midst of this wanting like a quick fix, you know, like, like one of those, you know, strategies and that's going to work and that's going to do it. There isn't, unfortunately there isn't. And with technology, it's the same. Um, it's we and I, as you know, and I've I've already I just told you right before the show, but I've listened to some of your other podcasts, which are great, and you've talked about kind of the online stuff and how it can be really dangerous. So technology can be wonderful for our kids if it's used for good, right? So we as parents have the responsibility to 
really pay attention to what they are using at their at certain ages and what they're doing and give them some guidelines and some you know kind of ground rules around that technology so it can be a good thing Absolutely. and there there's many times it, it it can't be so it it's not an either or um it really depends on how it's used i will say that my kind of my foundation around particularly around screen time and devices, because I work with a lot of parents and a lot of families that have a lot of uh, middle schoolers and high schoolers. And what I say to them is it's, it's here, right? We just talked before the show, we are Gen X. We did not have this. We were climbing in trees and falling off of things and staying outside till dark. And God only knows what we drank or ate. But anyway, we, this is a whole different generation. This is Gen Z, right? That we're, I mean, I'm raising and so it's it's here. And I will tell you, there's a lot of really, I can see a lot of good right now, having just had a eighth grader graduate, about to go into high school. There's a lot of good in that technology. He is, this is how they connect and communicate with friends. And then there's a lot, especially with the social media part, um, the constant use of the phone, that there's stuff there that's really negative, right? It's not going to benefit them to be sitting. And whether the child is younger, I want to say elementary age, to be looking at a device. They need to obviously look up and and be in this world. So I go back to, again, I'm really big on responsibility for ourselves as parents. And it is our responsibility, especially the younger they are, to really continue to set those parameters for them and kind of graduate them. And your other guests talked about this too, Lisa. Like you graduate them depending on their developmental level and also the type of kid you have, you know, your own kid and how much they're going to push boundaries. And if you know, they're going to be high risk and they really have always shown that, then you try to wait as long as possible to maybe introduce social media or even getting them a phone or whatever it is. I absolutely love that answer. And I figured that's probably what you're going to say. That's a long answer, but yeah. (laughs) But getting the, you know, getting the answer from you as well as hearing it from our side is the same way, you know, in in the classroom, technology was a complete blessing whenever we had kids at all different levels, because I could put them on educational specific programs Mm -hmm. to help them learn at their level and then bring them back into different groups and, and move them around. So technology was very, very useful, but I also know that the amount of technology that's being used nowadays can be really detrimental for those kiddos developing at the elementary schools. If they're not running, playing, looking around, using their eyes and their hands, they're Mm -hmm. not building that body coordination that they need and the eye coordination for reading and for the rest of their life. So thank you. That was a great answer. Yeah. And if you, I don't know. Oh, so sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. As as we also have kind of an online hybrid school situation, Mm -hmm. a lot of the schooling that we do is actually online, but it's, again, it's using tools that are designed for the children for their mm-hmm. education purposes, not just randomly out there exploring. Right. Right. And free for all. Yeah. And I'd love to go through, if you don't mind, the the kind of the four mindset shifts that I really walk parents through as I work with them. And that I also do have done in my my tech reset masterclass. So I love that yeah, because so that us, can really help our parents as we're listening. And so for us Gen Xers who were before yes. the technology and we yep. adopted it and got it addicted to it in the first place, you know, some I'm still trying to get away from my phone a lot of times. I yeah. still practice setting my phone down and walking away from it. So not only for kids, so Gen Xer parents pre pre-internet who got hooked on this without knowing yeah. the dangers. Let's see what we can do as well. So 
Exactly. Okay. So here we go. Ready? I'm going to give you kind of a minute. You're all going to get on this podcast, the, the, the mini tech reset masterclass. So here it is. So mindset shift one is really about our, we've got to be thinking differently. We just went through three, right? We're, we're out of this pandemic. I, you know, I, I know it's still out there a little bit, but um, we just went through three years of a pandemic, extraordinary time in history. Most of us will probably not go through another one in our lifetimes. And what we saw, right, is naturally all of us hunkered in because we had to, we had to be at home. And the only way to communicate was really on these, right, devices. And our kids were at school. I mean, mine, if, and I know you, you've got homeschoolers, but for those that also went to public, everybody's at home. Everybody was homeschooled at that point. I called it sofa school. My son had just started sixth grade. And as a, um, as a, you know, a young 11 year old starting sixth grade on the sofa. Oh my God. It was a, it was a little bit of a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really tough. I have a little I couldn't, at 11 years old me. No way. I spent my days outside all. Yeah. I couldn't have sat on a couch without supervision. The teachers always had to be right back in my mm-hmm. seat. So yeah. yeah, exactly. So, and I have a kid who's um, wonderful. He's, he's an amazing, amazing young man. Um, but he's not as academically inclined and he does need some redirection to stay on task. So he was right. You guys can't see me, but, uh, for those that are listening, but he was right behind me on the sofa at one point and I could see the reflect when I'm working at home. Cause we're all right. All of us during the, yep. so I'm working at home and I'm looking over and I can see the reflection in the window, but he's got a YouTube screen on. Uh-huh. So he's looking at YouTube when he's supposed to be in math class or whatever class it was. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, no, we're not doing this. So come over and you have to sit, you know, you're back to me. So then I can see what you're doing on the laptop and keep right. him going. Anyway, why I say that is like, we just came out of this like extraordinary time yeah. and all, a lot of kids and parents too. We all went on these devices and it wasn't good. It, I mean, that part was not, there was no way really around it. And can you imagine if this pandemic had happened when we were young? Do you know what I mean? Like we'd be on the phone, but that was the only other option of doing things. So all we of us wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been possible because the, the, the way that pandemic came about, yeah. the, the politics behind it and the way social yes. media got behind it, yeah. there was a perfect storm in there of yeah. technology that would not have been possible during our yeah. time. Right. right. This, this wouldn't, this wouldn't have even marked in yeah. the, in the, in the eighties, this wouldn't have even been a blip. But yeah. I was also thinking that you said telephone, right? If we would have had to, been right. to learn on the telephone or whatever oh. and it, party lines, <laughs> no. how many classes would have to be talking at one time on that one? Party? Oh my God. No, no, no. No, you just, really, said, you really just said something that I bet you a lot of people in our audience don't even know <laughs> no. because, you know, we're a little old to be having kids in school. So our target <laughs> yeah. audience is a little younger. So party yeah. line, what's a party line? Exactly. <laughs> so know. party line for all of you that don't know, we had these cords in our house, these phones in our house that were attached to the wall. Sometimes you couldn't get your own line. So a whole community or was a whole on street. a single line. Yes. And when the phone rang, there was like a specific kind of a way it rang so you would know whose house it was. So if it <laughs> rang twice, it was your neighbor's house. If it rang three times, yes. it was a couple of doors down. Yep. So if it wasn't your ring, you could actually pick up the phone and listen to other people's phone calls. Oh, right. right. Oh, so oh, my brothers did that all the time to me. Well, they would pick up the other phone, like in the other room, right? Yeah. And then just listen in. Yeah. Right? Parents. 
Oh my God. So sorry. We had to go to old. No, that, that was just, that was fun. Just, we all, we all just took a, we just took a dive here. All of us Gen Xers. Okay. Back to raising the Gen Z's. Here we go. So mindset shift one for all of you parents out there is really, so we've got it. We're coming out of this pandemic. We know that they were just immersed and everybody's on these devices. So you're what you're going to be doing, and it is hard. I'm just going to put that out there. To make a change in whatever had been happening is going to be tough. You go through those tough few weeks, maybe even a month of like the back and forth. I don't want to change, but we did it this way. But during the pandemic, you you just you're going to have to get through it. So we have to kind of shift our thinking. And I will say uh, that. Some of it is not, again, as I said at the beginning, it's not all that bad, right? It's here to stay. So I I say not necessarily give them all the devices, but we need to work with the devices and we need to work with the type of device. Well, I'll tell you. So the first one is really getting out of our reactive thinking. What I've heard from a lot of parents is just like, God, those phones. And I just battle with the, and I start pulling it away from them. And I'm like, never get into a situation where you're pulling the phone. I, I mean, I will tell you out there, parents, I've done it. It doesn't work to pull a phone. And then I have my kid throw it across the room because he's mad because I he's it doesn't work. Just don't do it. You're going to set up things and be proactive. And that's what I teach. Let's be proactive. And it's not an us versus them kind of thing. It's going to be us working together with them. I love that. So devices are here and we are going to be including them, the kids and the teenagers in the solution. They have to be part of the solution. It's not like mom and dad decided and you're no longer going to have a phone after six o'clock and you need to hand it in right now. If you do that, you're setting yourself. I mean, it depends on the age of the child. If they're, I mean, I don't, I, there's no five or six year old, hopefully walking around with iPhones, but if hopefully, they visit the device, do you know, there might be, but I'm just saying, including them as much as you can, even at eight, nine, 10, they're mm-hmm. able to do an agreement with you and understand so really, we need to get out of kind of like the the threatening of the harsh consequences. Um, I don't advocate to always be taking the phone away. This is a great, this is parents of teens. I'm right in there with you. We want to do it because it's like, it's the first thing. It's always in their face. We got to take the phone away. Take the phone away when the consequence is around that phone use. So make it a natural consequence. My son, for example, um, he won't be listening to this podcast, but, um, you know, he lied about having his phone in the bathroom one night, right? He's supposed to have to put it on the charger. It's gone. It's, I don't know what time, 930, but he wants to bring it in because he likes to listen to music. And I'm sure he's on his Snapchat checking out where the friends are, whatever they're doing. I said, you need to, hand, and he lied about it. And then when I found it, just minutes later, I said, I can see it's under the towel. I need to have the phone. And so now the phone's gone for 24 hours. You know, we've already had that agreement. Right. And so then he'll, he'll kind of feel it, but don't always go to grabbing that phone as the everyday consequence to every single thing they're doing. If the phone is the problem, if they lied about the phone use or did something on the phone, yes. I sometimes even say to parents, if the phone use is getting in the way of homework, of, I don't know, eating, all your basic things they need chores. to be doing, chores, all that then yes, the phone needs to get put down and you're going to be strategizing with them and talking with them ahead of time. Again, being proactive. So that's kind of the first mindset shift is kind of getting out of the us and them. So something to add in there. Yes. Interesting perspective. Yes. Uh, Tell me. When you're on the phone and you're doing the scrolling into, you're getting dopamine hits and dopamine is a self-produced drug. And so 
your kids become addicted to these little dopamine hits. So right. when you take that phone away, it's not just the phone you're taking right. away. You're taking away their, their drug of choice. And yeah. it's not necessarily yeah. the best way to say that. So when you take that away, you're going to be having addiction recovery responses to mm-hmm. that taking yep. away the phone. So it's not just an anger or an emotional thing. There right. is chemical, there's chemical interaction that's involved with that to, to keep that in mind when you're making your, your judgments, because, you know, it, it's not just the phone. There's a lot going into it physicality wise as well. Yeah, absolutely. Herb. That's definitely true. Um, and, and so again, it's, you've got to kind of look at it as who your child is and what have their past responses been. I know that for my son, we've already made agreements. We've been doing this since he was up with the iPad, right? When he was like eight or nine. So we've already, I've already been steeped in this screen time agreement. He already knows this. We put it up on the wall. He's aware of like what's coming. But if you've got a kid and it's brand new and you just pull it, yeah, you're going to get a, a big reaction. So that's why being proactive. And again, I'll talk about that, about how to come in and start these agreements when you haven't had anything. And it's just been, let's just say, it's just been free for all, right? Of everybody using. And we're, I'm actually doing this right now with, with another family is it's sort of like, she's like, I got We got to get back in track. It has been awful. I need some help reining this in. So there was a way to kind of prep. And especially with kids, uh, she's got an older one, older team that really needs to be, he needs to hear multiple times over a change is coming so right. that the brain is already like, okay, oh, something's coming, but you're not hitting it tomorrow, exactly. but it's coming next week. We're going to talk about, you know what I mean? And you'll be included. So you're kind of prepping them. You give yeah, them a little do that to me now, but I've got so much brain. <laughs> hey, I told you this last week. I'm telling you this week. I'm going to tell you next week. Yes. Those small changes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So mindset shift to, okay. So not all devices are created equal and how we use them matters. Right. So it's different. Like we all sit down as a family and we watch a, a TV show or a movie together. That's a great way to use a device. That's wonderful. If you sit down with your kid and you're looking at their uh, schoolwork, or maybe they did some drawing on the iPad, right? There's all those art programs. Yeah. Wonderful. Great. You're doing it together. You want to FaceTime with grandma and we're all sitting or they're on the phone or, or maybe it's the iPad, who knows? Wonderful. Right. So take a look at like the context of how they're being used. Those are wonderful ways. You've got a kid who's staying up all night and whether it's TV or on an iPad by themselves, that's not a good use of the device. Right. So you got to look at the context of how it's, what's beneficial for them. Certainly having teenagers I do not advocate keeping the phone in their room at all. Um, and 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 some people say, well, we all need them for emergencies. Well, no. <laughs> I, I don't, I mean, it depends on where you are, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I have mine shut off in my room. It's completely off. And my son actually brings the phone now. I mean, right now. So I'm still in that learn. We're still in that learning phase. Yeah. He brings it in and it gets shut off, but there's no devices on at all. Even as adults, sometimes we need to leave them in the other room just so right. We so to- we don't use them, right? Yeah. 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 And also there's the whole EMF rays. It's sleep exactly. signs. The the the, the rate color, the, the, the magnetism coming out of it can interrupt your sleep. So you know absolutely so not to have your phone, phone in your room. Or yep. I still do. I'm bad at that. It's my alarm. I mean, I would like to have okay. 
alarm, but I do, it, and so many people like pick it up first thing in the morning. To I me, know. it's just my alarm and, and it plays music. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I personally love to have it. I got to have it off. Like, even if it's, I, I'm not expect. I don't get texts in the middle of the night, uh, but yeah, I just like to have, have them off. But anyway, that's just the, the other, the second mindset It's just look at the context of how technology and screens are getting used. That's yeah. what you need to do for your own kit. Third one is, um, and this is especially coming out of the pandemic, but what is not happening uh, since we've had this increase of device use? Do you remember like, it's sort of, we've had such a long time that you forget like, oh yeah, after dinner, we used to go out and go meet a friend or go meet that other family or we'd go play basketball or just go hang out at the local park. We did this stuff together, you know, that we that we couldn't do anymore because we really couldn't. You know, maybe the, so think about what wasn't, what isn't happening anymore and try to insert some of those activities, you know, cause remember yeah. fun and bring it back. Yes, exactly. Stuff like, you know, like, I mean, my kid loves like mini golf or like riding a bike and you know, that kind of stuff. Walk, even just walking the dog. It's something you have to sort of do, but if you can do that now together, so getting more activities in there, because the more those kind of come back in, there's really less time for this, right? A replacement activity, right? Exactly. That's it, Christina. And as an addiction coach, that's incredibly important. So if you you take away the substance, you need to fill in that space with something something else or it's going to sit there and it's like, that's what I do. So if you fill it in with something else that gives dopamine, again, the picnic, the fun, the park, the miniature golf that still gives those hits, then that's a way to start using the the body to to affect the behavior and to bring the changes you want so that's that's yeah. it's it's really really important to have those other activities and it and it'll help it'll help the kids to have something else to, to be able to transition to right yes that kind of thing okay so mindset shift 4 so this is the this is the big one and this has to do as I'll talk about my screen time agreement but we need to use this ever present issue. It is in our kids, right? It's all the time, every day we're dealing with every, this is the first thing I hear from all parents is like, they might have family conflicts with one kid or something's going on over here. But the first thing they're like, I I, I got to deal with this, these screen time and device problems yeah. is that we've got this one issue that's in our homes every single day. Let's use this as a way to help our kids and support our kids with building some self-control. Cause it, this is what we're the younger they are, the more parameters we're going to put. And as they get older and older, you have a little less and a little less. And hopefully by the time they're 17, yeah, they've got their own phone use. They shut it off at night. They put it away at night at, at the right time. They get enough sleep. They still see friends. They go do their activity. You know what I mean? Hopefully we're trying to build this and use this kind of ever present issue as a way to help them build some internal controls. We're initially the external, right? That's what we're going to build external control. We do it for all kinds of things, not just devices for kids, but the younger, we help put physical things in place. So our, you know, four-year-old doesn't fall down the stairs or bang there, you know, like we do different things. And as they get older, we let go and let go and let go a little more and let them sort of take over. Limits on snacks in the kitchen, on soda pop out of the fridge, all those different things that you have guide until they can take care of it themselves. Yep, exactly. So we kind of do this and we do this like gradually. Yeah. So that's really what I'm, that's why like you, you had said at the beginning, 
I mean, I do really come from this place that we are raising adults. Like, think about that. We're eventually we want them to be more independent, right? Yeah. As they head off whenever that's going to be 18, 20, whatever it is. And even in those early 20 years, the, the brain's still developing. We know that for sure. It doesn't stop till 25. So there's so much going on, especially in the adolescent brain. There's so much pruning happening during during that during those years. So those are kind of the four mindset shifts. And I want to talk a little bit, if that's okay with you, about the how to do an agreement. I would love that. And yeah. again, what the one of the messages I'm hearing through this is the earlier you start this, yeah. the easier it's going to be, and you'll be able to gradually release. But you can do it when they're older. So let's find out. You how. can. And that's the thing I want to say. If there are parents that are listening that are that are like, you know, they got a 16 and a 15 year old and you're like, oh, yeah, it's just too late. We, I just it's never too late. It is not. It's not too late unless they're out of your home and you have no control over them. Right. Like they're on their own. They're adults. That's probably where no, it's you. It's not your responsibility anymore. It's theirs unless you're paying. I just say this and I had just thought of this now, but unless you're paying for that cell phone bill and 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 I don't know, let's just say I'm just giving an example and you notice your, I don't know, 20 year old is not fun is failing in college that you're paying for. And you know what I mean? Like if there's that connection still, then maybe there needs to be a conversation about how can we help support you so that you can finish college and attend your classes and get up and sleep well and be, you know, mentally and physically healthy. Then it might even come in at that point. Responsible use of resources. I'm getting resources to go to college. Let's use them responsibly. Yes. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. Okay. So the tech reset agreement that I have, and I did send, you'll get that. So you yeah. can give that out to your linked in the show notes. Survey so will be able to find it and use it if they want to. Yep. Wonderful. Okay. So the way I kind of start this in this, this, I do this with all my, all, all my clients when I do the parent and the family coaching. And that is really, I talk about connection. And I think you had mentioned at the beginning, connection is the most important thing, the relationship. And that's why I say all of us, even other parent coaches, we can all teach certain skills and we have different, you know, strategies and tips. We can, we can definitely, we have all that, but ultimately it always comes down to the relationship that you have with your kid. That's, what's going to hold through the length of their lives. That's going to be the, the, the biggest piece. If people want to focus on one area, have a good connection, have a good relationship. I mean, communication. We've had we've had several guests on that also yeah. talk about communication. So yeah. the early child communication, the tween communication, the yep. later teen communication, because at each stage yes. there's different ways to to communicate. So we we've we've yeah. talked with with several different yeah. communication. Well, again, the teen communication is way different than the littles communication. And exactly. So different experts, yeah. different times. And yep. so as a parent, yeah. it's like, you can't be the expert on everything. So reaching right. out to somebody who, who, help, who can knows. help is, is, yeah. is yeah. awesome. Yeah. So important. So I, I have, I have the family kind of start there that in our family, and this is written actually on the front of this, that everyone will get in our family. We agree that connection relationship are most important and that screen time is a privilege in our home. And we will use our devices with care, the intent to enjoy, learn, and interact with others, keeping in mind the value of our connection with each other. So it's sort of like at the outset, the parents are letting them know this is what's most important. And and I will say too, as you're, I usually will teach parents how to have this 
um, meeting, so to speak, right? This family meeting to talk about the screen time agreement and that you want to prep kids, even younger kids, you know, dad and I need, or, you know, mom and I, or whoever it is, we just, I want to sit down and, you know, the, you know, that we've been battling over those screens for a while. I really want us to sit down and kind of go over it and try to figure out something together. So you let them know, maybe even like, depending on their age of the kid, but you can let them know a week ahead. And what's a good time for you? Well, you know, and you'll know, but let them say, okay, I can do a Saturday at like, you know, whatever, four o'clock we'll do then. Okay. So you're sitting down and this is where you're having this discussion and you can bring the screen, the tech reset agreement in letting them know it's most important about the connection. And then I have some things that most families um, agree with on here. Meals are a device-free zone. For the most part, most families agree with that. Um, screen time will not get in the way of homework, household chores, right? Or other activities, extracurricular activities that I'm involved in devices are to be used appropriately and safety and safely. And here's the time that parents, you want parents in there. They should always, if kids have, especially if they have their own phone, but even with an iPad, when they're younger Mm -hmm. talking about anything to do with like that stuff that Lisa was talking about, you got to pay attention to like where they're going. Is it real YouTube or is YouTube kids or whatever it is? And and you need to talk about just the dangers of pornography because it's too easy to get to find that. So easy. So that's the place for that. Yeah, Yeah. use those parental controls. That's why they're there. I mean, even though tech companies are bad, they're at least trying a little bit to give us a little bit of help with parental controls. Yeah, and those do really help. And I have talked to lots of parents about putting those in. I use my internet provider, and my wife, I like, I have the Wi-Fi for certain devices I can have shut off at certain times. Okay. So mine can stay on later, but my son's certain things get shut off at set times. So it already has a schedule. Like it has a weekend schedule and has a weekday schedule yeah. and he'll know. And he's like, oh my God, I got to finish this game, but I know I only have 10 more minutes. And I'm like, you're going to have to wrap this up. And then once in a while, depending on how it's going, especially if he's aware of it and he said that, yeah, he's, I'll say, how much more time do you need? And he's like, I just need to finish the game. It'll be like 10 more minutes. Okay. And then I can go on there, click it for 10 more minutes later, and then it'll go off. Okay. So there's ways to do that. So these are just kind of the basics we talk with parents, like the parents are going to be talking to the kids about device are only used in certain rooms and putting that down. And the reason I say that is it's great if there are places like the bedroom where some parents are like, I don't want any device in the bedroom. I mean, you know, so you just put that down depending on what that is for your family. And then I have a little area for every day of the week and the hours and what the device is. So what they can do is usually it's like sun, like the weekday and then the weekend hours, right? Okay. So you can have Xbox. This is just for, for my kiddo, but there's all different, right? You can have the iPad for this long Monday through Thursday. And then on the weekend, you can do this. Right. And the main thing there is asking the kid, Mm-hmm. This is what I did with mine when he was just even nine years old, like eight, nine years old. How long do you think you should, you know, be on the iPad to look at I don't, something he was looking at or, or watching or doing? And of course they might say, oh, five hours. Right? And I'm like, well, you know, if they say that, just say, okay, come on, you know, like five hours, that's, a, you know, what do you, th-? and so work with them. And, and especially if they're teenagers or a little bit older, middle school, they're able to say, and I will tell you, I did this with my son and I was surprised. He was like, when we were doing this just a couple of years ago and he's like, yeah, I think maybe just like 45 minutes. And I was like, okay, I was going to give you a little longer. Do you mean sometimes you'll, they'll surprise you and say something less. So right. you, 
you and the, your partner need to have some agreement going in, but let them, this is where you, you're building in the control. Yeah. They're actually, you're getting them to start to think, how long do I need to be on that device? And, you know, and what is, what's reasonable? So they're starting to use critical thinking skills around how long do I need to be on it? And then you kind of negotiate that. Then you write that in there. So you've all negotiated iPhone this many hours or whatever the hours are. Can't go on until after school and only up until dinner or whatever it is. So you put all that down. The second part, the, the flip side, and I think this is, this is one of the most important parts. I will end my, so ending the screen time is really important. Yes. Because like you said, um, Herb, it's, yeah, it really makes a difference, like how they get, they're going to get off these. And so I have it here that I will end my screen time by, and then here's an example. Um, and I, I've done this, like where I just call one time, you know, he, we have an upstairs, downstairs, upstairs, or we've actually set timers, mm -hmm. or you can have um, Alexa go off, or you can have the Wi-Fi pause automatically. It depends on your family, the age of your child, what you want to do and what the child wants to do. They'll might say, you know what? I just, can you just call me once? I just want you to, I don't want to have that timer go. You know, I don't want to hear the bell. Some kids are different. So you let them know, what do you want to do? And you write that in there because that part is really, really important. The younger they are, and I'm just going to give a little tip. This really helps especially with the brain. And when they're really young, they're on an iPad, they're, they're, they're doing their game. And it really helps, especially when you're first starting to do an agreement and you've never done it before. And it's just been like a free for all. Uh -huh. Just say, I'm going to start by coming over and just reminding you. And it's just a physical tap. Hey, sweetie. And the reason is this, and then have them look up at you. It's time to, you'll have five minutes to get off. And now you've just pulled them to the present moment right? The brain like was in a virtual thing, whatever it is, Correct. looked up mom and dad, you know, oh, present. Okay. Yep. And it kind of brings them back. The physicalness of that helps young kids. Yeah. I don't know a lot of teenagers that love a sweet <laughs> little hug when you're telling them to get off a device. They don't, they're like, let me do it myself. I'll, I'll do it. You know, my fortune on now is like the Wi-Fi will go off or he knows the time, but I no longer do the sweetie five more minutes. Like I did that when he was younger, cause it does help young yeah. kids to kind of come back into this present moment. Oh, okay. I'm going to get off. And then I'd even say for the younger ones, they, they go, they pull, close up the iPad, whatever it is, they walk over, put it in the designated spot that you've decided. Yep. And then if immediately this really helps, and especially if you're doing this and it's new, have another activity you do with them for just five minutes, five, 10. I mean, you can do a longer, great. Oh, we're going out for an ice cream. So then you could almost, you don't have to do that. That's, that's an extreme, but I'm saying you're putting a positive connection with you, time with you. It's yeah. not like they're left like right in this void of like, oh my God, my device is gone. Like, right. There's nothing. What am I going to, then they're going to start having the reaction of like, oh, the device is gone. There's nothing to do upsetness, hit my brother, whatever. No, it's time with mom or dad. We're going to play, I don't know, Jenga or do something. Yes. I love that. And that is so, so important, especially for our youngers, just like you said, because they need that coaching, that experience, yeah. learning how to do it. And, you know, yeah. routines are something that I talk about a lot about. It's something that you have to do with them several, yes. several times. And then encourage mm -hmm. them and let them try and then join them if they can't do it until right. they have it down. Yeah, exactly. And so it does, it takes, I, 
you know, parents do say to me, oh, this is so much work. And Uh I'm like, I know it is. You're going to go through the bumpy, the tough part at the beginning. This is going to go on like it's going to take a lot of your time to enforce this. I know this from having a teenager. It does take the beginning. Mm -hmm. But if you can get through that beginning, then it begins to be like, oh, that's just the way it is. You know, what I mean, like we we there's no more discussion. There's no more arguing for the most part. There's a few times where it's like, oh, I'm having friends over. Can I have it a little longer? Mm-hmm. All right. You don't mean like there's negotiation, but for the most part, there's a set time and it's not like where it becomes like the norm. Yes. So that's what you're doing is you're reining back in slowly, gradually keeping them included. Um, and then the last, the last part here is really about, you know, and the child or teen puts their name. I will follow the agreement that we have set. And if I don't, if I don't follow the above guidelines, I will take a certain amount of designated break. Now, the younger they are, I recommend like at one hour, like let's say it's a Saturday afternoon, they didn't get off or they are just like, no, I'm not getting, we'll take a break for like literally just one hour mm-hmm. or maybe it's 30 minutes if they're young, younger, because they can't tolerate, uh, which is now with my 14 year old, it's a day, yeah. you know, like your full 24 hours, you'll see it back. And that's like, that's enough for him to know, like. I yeah. can't lie about keeping the iPhone under the towel in the bathroom. It won't right. happen because it's so it's painful enough, but it's he can tolerate that. And that's OK. Right. A, a younger, you know, an eight or nine year old, that's going to be a long time. But you could do it. It really depends. But so you okay. put in there how long it's going to be mm-hmm. and that I'll take a break from my devices and review my tech reset agreement with my parents before trying again. Yeah. And again, that is important because this is a practice, letting them know that we're all practicing new skills. And I will say to parents, if you have an agreement, there's no devices at dinner. No one's on device. Break it. No mom and dad. Oh, I got to check my email fork. No. So like you got to follow it. Otherwise they're just, they're looking at you. You're modeling for them. It's a lot of work initially, especially if they, as we're starting a new school year, like try to do it as you start this school year. And, and it really can just be so much better when you get through the tough part and then they kind of know, and then they're going to be practicing again. So I think of talk to them about we're practicing, I'm practicing putting my phone down too. And then we're just going to be doing something different and inserting more of those positive, you know, IRL activities too. Excellent. Yes. That is exactly what I would encourage yeah. as well. Yes. Amazing. Whenever you need to make those changes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Step by step. And we're all practicing. Yeah. We'll all get there. And, yeah. you know, even mom and dad make mistakes, you know? Right. And yep. sometimes it's really fun yes. to let kind of catch you. <gasps> oh, you. And then you, yeah. Model. It's like, oh, yes. you're so right. I make, I made a mistake. Let's yep. follow this agreement. Let's put it away so that they get to see. Yes. yes for everybody. Yeah. And putting it down and saying, oh, I know I forgot. And, you know, I hear it from my son, like you're on it at night and I do, it does. And I have said, and it's, it's tough, right? Cause I've got a, I've got a business I'm building at night. So that's like, after the nine to five ends, I do get on it and I let him know I'm using this to like communicate on WhatsApp with my team and doing this and that. And, you know, so you talk to them about that, right? Yeah. This is what I mean. It's actually a work thing. I'm not scrolling TikTok right now or, or Instagram or whatever. It's not that I'm, you know, yeah. Wow, Tess, this has been amazing. And I really think our parents and everyone who's listening is going to find this really, really helpful, especially if, like mm-hmm. you said, if they're just getting started, this gives yeah. them solid, concrete steps to really yep. look at and move forward with. 
Yeah. yeah. And awesome. as a coach who's been through training and all yeah. of that. Yeah. Her, her, what she's talking about, she's talking right. about addiction recovery. She's talking about yeah. habit building. She's talking about reinforcement. Routines These are all schedules. fabulous psychological tools yeah. to actually help build the life of a real adult as well as a child yeah. adult. So all of these tools, all of these things that she's uh, yeah. that she's talking about right now, you can not only apply it to screen time, but you can apply oh, it to yep. so many other aspects mm-hmm. in your life. So, you know, I'm I'm just sitting here smiling. It's like, oh, I hear that. Ooh, I hear that. Ooh, I see yeah. that. Ooh, I know that. And yeah. so these little tips and tricks are so mm-hmm. are so yeah. scientifically based on how they interact with you on the inside. So their brain. So she she is like way way on point. Fabulous information. Thank you so very. Thank much. you. Thank you. Yeah, I I, I got to tell you, it's um it, this has all been trial and error, right? Like just going back and figuring out what works, and um it does make a difference, I think, to to our kids for for them to see us modeling what's what's, you know, what's the best thing. And that all of this, I mean, even anything, it could be screen time, right? That you said, Herbert, it could be anything new, a new behavior we're, we're trying to focus on. It's all practice. And we're all here in this world, trying new things. We may fail, but again, we're going to get up and try again. And that's the, that's the thing I'm talking to parents about. They're not going to do this perfectly. You're not going to do it perfectly. Yeah. You're not going to reinforce it consistently. I know I have had trouble with the consistency <laughs> of it. And then I, and I need to get back. And I will say, I can say this to my now 14 year old. I know that I have not been consistent about that, but I'm, we, we need to revisit and get back on track. Do you know what I mean? Just, we all kind of pick up and that's my whole thing about why I do have the whole reset thing, right? We're all resetting like constantly. I feel like we're doing it almost daily. And a, and a fa- failing is a first attempt in learning. So yes. a failure yeah. is, is you, yep. you learned how not to do it. Yes, exactly. Right. So now you need to learn how to make it work more properly. So a failure is just, yep. if you yep. do it right, it's a learning opportunity. I totally agree. And I know it's different for different families in different ages and things, but about how often would you revisit this every six months? Good question. I would do it depending on what your family needs. I would do this. I would start doing it like just for the next several weeks. You're going to have your bumps. You're going to fall off. You're going to fail. It's not going to work that we're going to go back. I would say for the, do it at least, um, once, once you kind of get it down, you might want to do it initially. And then maybe a month later and just say, we're going to plan at our next, I mean, I'm, I'm a proponent of like family meetings and having family meetings, good ones, not those ones where someone's in trouble kind of, you know, the kind where you sit down, you're going to talk to each other and yeah. The favorite word you've been saying, proactive, don't be a reaction, be a proactive, build it in advance. Exactly. So um, if it's going well, then you take, and that's what I have something I didn't say, you take the agreement and you're going to put it up like, I don't know, you're on a local, like in your kitchen or your whiteboard, anywhere where they can see it. And you know that this is important. We've, we've agreed to this as a family. It's going up here. Any questions about it, you can refer back to the agreement. And sometimes doing that too, it does help, especially when there's a lot of conflict with kids and parents around this. You know, well, we all remember when we sat down and we all agreed. Well, I don't like the agreement. All right. Well, you know what? Next family meeting, I don't know, maybe it's next weekend or whatever it is. We'll talk, let's talk about what changes you want. You know, if they're unreasonable changes and they want to like, you know, then we're obviously, we're not going <laughs> to, but hear them out. What, okay. You're not liking this. What are you not liking about it? And 
I could see like definitely some middle schoolers being a little bit more like this of not liking it uh, and wanting to come back and, re, you know, but put this up in the main area. I, I have a whiteboard whiteboard problem, but I, I love whiteboards. So they're, they're everywhere, but put them up so then they can see them and you refer back. And this is our family agreement. This is what we're doing. And then once it's going well, every every couple months, I do it definitely before the new school year. Cause that's like a new change before summer is a different thing, right? Before school year, maybe the holidays look a little different. Yes. So, yeah. Is, so for those who are listening is currently August of 2023. So yeah. what she's saying is we're in that mode yeah. right before school. But then the key, other key she just said was like before major breaks or yes. at major changes from school year to summer back and forth, things like that. Mm-hmm. Excellent. This Definitely. has been awesome. I am so glad that you joined us and I am so glad that we met and I have a feeling that we should get some good reviews on this one. Yes. Definite gold nuggets that have been laid throughout this whole show. And yeah. I hope parents will let us know how they um, react to your parenting, you know, reset and yep. how they think the technology will work in their house. It'd be great to get some comments and reviews about this. Yeah, that'd be wonderful. And I'm welcome for any, any questions, any, even, even if people have like just anything they want to add to it, I would love to hear that. So yeah, you'll definitely have the tech reset and, um, thank you so much, Herb and Christina for having me and letting me talk about this. And before we go two questions here, Mm -hmm. one last thing that you would love to say to your audience, whoever's listening right now, yep. those parents, and also make sure you give us your best contact information so they can get a hold of you directly. If they need, have some questions or want to give you some feedback or maybe even connect about something different. Okay. So if they want to connect with me, I think you'll have, well, you have my, you'll have my website, you'll yep. have the tech reset. I would love for people to join my email list. Cause I have a great newsletter that goes out each week. Um, and it's all kinds of tips, strategies, all that kind of stuff. And, and stories, actually a lot of stories about raising tweens and teens. So, and even if you've got younger kids, this is still, some of it's still relevant, but typically right around like fifth grade and above, but get right on. And if I can just give you, I'll give you my, um, my email address. If people want to contact me directly. Yeah. And, and again, was there one thing that you would have liked to have covered today that we didn't get to is like, oh man, I wish I would have said this, you know, I, I feel like I covered most of it. I would just say like, uh, you know, I've had 23 years of experience as a clinical social worker working with high risk kids and teens. And what I have noticed over those years, and that's part of why I'm doing the parent and family coaching is that the biggest changes that can happen. I I'm working with kids that are in significant mental health situations And the biggest shift that can make a difference with that child or that teenager tends to be with the parents. If there's a shift or a mindset or just an insight that comes about from something that's going on for parents, that just goes such a long way. So that's why, I mean, just anything, like just knowing it's never too late, you can always make a change. um, And the connection and relationship that you have with your child is the most important thing. Yeah, that's why we're trying to help parents bring education yeah. home to make that yes. relationship mm-hmm. even yeah. bigger and stronger. So yeah. those those seven, eight hours a day when the kids are in school, they can still be at yeah. home doing that same work. Yeah. And you can still see the screen and you can still interact with them and yeah. and be that person doing the work with your kids. Yeah. So yeah, 
just wonderful, yeah. wonderful what you're doing. So thank you so very much. Thank you. And thank you for both of you for what you're doing as well. You're very, very wonderful well. work. All right, audience, if you are still with us, we are so glad you spent this time with us. And I hopefully this was so engaging that you are absolutely with us right now, right? <laughs> anyway, it has been wonderful. Take those gold nuggets that you have listened to and found, put something in action, pick one, right? And just do something to build that communication or work on that technology okay. issue and make things a little bit better for you and your family. Until next time. Wishing you happiness, success, and healthy children. Until then, we'll talk to you later. Bye, Bye for now, everybody. everybody. Bye.